Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Young, young people can endure and he's, uh, he's working his butt off right now. And he'll be in town when uh, camp opens for physicals and uh, obviously we'll just continue to rehab after that. And unfortunately, as we dive into the weekend that was, and thank you fans for your incredible attendance, not only at the Prospects Challenge, but oh. at FanFest as well on Saturday. What a day that was. Um, you know, we, we have to definitely put, as far as talking points from the tournament, at the top of the list would be the unfortunate injury sustained by Matt Savoy in yes. the first shift of the final game, which happened yesterday afternoon. Yeah, it was a tough injury for Matt Savoy. It looked bad right away. Um, Seth Appert said after the uh, the game that obviously Savoy is going to miss some time in training camp. So there still needs to be more, a, you know, doctor's visit and more clarification as to what it is and how long he's going to miss out. But we know that he'll miss some time in training camp. And Savoy was... It was a tough start to the game, really, to be honest with you. The Sabres had the puck. They went up the ice. They turned it over. They couldn't get it back. They give up a three-on-two, really, that turned into almost a three-on-one. Savoy is back-checking on the back post. He extends his right, his left arm to be able to cut the pass. Kind of got caught into a weird position where he spun around, hit the side of the net, and then went right into the boards. And... Listen, you play in hockey enough and you play other sports. Sometimes you learn to fall the right way. You learn to protect yourself. You learn to, you know, use your arms or your body to brace yourself. I don't think Savoy got a chance to brace himself because he spun 360 a couple of times that he went into the wall really weirdly. Don't you think he was hurt long before he got to the boards? He crashed hard into the player and that's where the arm was in the most vulnerable position. That's how I view it. Oh. I, I, it could have been. I feel like it, when I saw it at first and when I rewatched it, I felt like it was going into the wall because mm-hmm. he, you kind of lose track of where you are. He spun around 360 a couple of times and you're thinking, am I getting to the wall? Am I, do I have time to maybe use my backside to protect myself from the wall? I feel like that's when the, the, the left arm shoulder went into the boards weird, but you're right though. Like when he extended himself to, to cut the pass to the back door, that alone could have put himself into a weird position. You're being taught as kids, like when you're 12, 13, and you go into checking to really not put your arms out, like not extend your arms when you're getting a hit because then you get your arms crushed into the wall to always keep your upper body tight and to protect yourself. He was really exposed uh, going back on the back check and then going into the wall. And then make matters worse, the Sabres give up a goal on that play while he's laying behind the net, right? And everybody's looking back like, that's Matt Savoy. That's the number one pick. That's a player that could play in the NHL this year. That's a guy that had a fantastic Friday and Saturday night. Camps are on the corner. It's like everybody's starting to, 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 I don't want to say panic, but you could 
sense the crowd talking to one another. Oh, no. Oh, no. What just happened? Mm -hmm. Well, he'll have more imaging today. And obviously, there'll be an update on Savoy moving forward from the team as it pertains to length of time that he will miss. And obviously, he is going to miss time. And when you think of it just in that initial context, the Sabres have an incredibly intense schedule here right out of the blocks. Yeah. You've got the blue and gold scrimmage on Saturday at noon, which of course is free to the public, but it is a ticketed event. So we encourage you to follow the typical procedure about going to acquire a ticket. The nice thing is there'll be no charge when you check <laughs> out. And obviously we look forward to seeing a big crowd there on Saturday, but then boom, preseason begins and you've got games five times in the next seven yeah. days. So and by the way, the Savoy situation last night, that ended up being the game-winning goal. <laughs> yeah. The, Sa the Sabres lost 3-0, and they gave up the game-winning goal on the first shift and sustained the Matt Savoy injury. So, yeah. The really Sabres had 11 forwards and 7-D for that game, and then the first shift they go down to 10, and, and mm -hmm. Pittsburgh had more of a, I felt like a mature lineup. Uh, six players that played in the NHL, in the AHL last year. It was physical. There wasn't a lot of room. So you're going down to 10 forwards and you don't have Matt Savoy and you already did not have Yuri Kulik and you didn't have Isaac Rosen and you didn't have uh, Nurchev and Kisikov. So you're, you're, you're obviously in a, a much worse situation, even though you started with a lesser lineup. Mm -hmm. So the, ripple effect if you will if there is one i mean we're only concerned for matt savoy at this point the other stuff was going to sort itself anyway through competition which is what this time of year is all about and earning your place but extracting in the short term savoy's name from the competition how do you view now main camp opening and all these games in a short period of time and include Names beyond those that we were just talking about the last four days, players like Lucas Rusek, who came up last year and scored in his first game. Linus Weisbach, who has definitely been knocking on the door in past camps, so much so that you almost sensed a little bit of disappointment that there wasn't more room for players like Weisbach to start last year, you know, from the hockey department, because they felt like Players like him and Brett Murray were doing everything humanly possible. So how do you view this? And by the way, we do have a poll question out there at Sabres Live. Yes. For your three stars of the Prospects Challenge. And that's kind of where we're going here. But we're <laughs> we're expanding the basket a little bit to include all names that might be buying for a Sabres roster spot to start the year? Well, first of all, I think it's disappointing for Matt Savoy who wants to really leave his mark. And who knows, maybe he was going to get, and maybe he still gets nine games this year. And then there's a decision to be made before playing game number 10 and burning a year of his contract. Uh, you know, maybe it was uh, all along the plan. It was, uh, let's keep him around as long as we can. And a little bit what Shane Wright did last year with Seattle, where he played his nine games actually went down for two-week conditioning in, in the American Hockey League, then went to the World Juniors before going to uh, return to his junior team, the OHL. So maybe that was the plan for Savoy. But you do have to think that the ultimate plan, when you look at Kevin Adams and the absence of Jack Quinn this year and a couple of roster spots that may be open, that there is not just one or two players fighting for that one or two spots. There is literally six, seven guys fighting for NHL uh, time at the start of the season. And some of those players are on the roster. Some of those players want to elevate to a better place. Victor Olsson, 
may want to elevate to a top six role and really solidify that I can play there. I can be a a, a sixty uh, you know a sixty minute two hundred foot type player, uh, and maybe that's Olsen that takes it. I like where you're going though. Um, Linus Weisbach for me, or Linus Weisbach, I should say, not Linus Olmark. Linus Weisbach for me is the one that I always come back to and circle. Why? Because he has the speed. He can play at an NHL speed uh, all over the ice. I feel like he does have the ability to adjust his game. Do you want him to play a little bit more middle six forward? Do you want him to be more of a fort line? I, I don't feel like we are boxing him in to a corner to say, if you're going to be in the NHL, you're going to be just that type of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas Rusek played really well last year. And I, 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 I do believe that he's on the verge of, of, saying I am an NHL player. But in my opinion, I think I have Weisbach ahead of everybody of those guys that did not play in the develop in the prospect challenge and are looking to fight for a spot in training camp starting tomorrow. Listen carefully to this question. Does Linus Weisbach look like an NHL player? He looks like a 20-year vet. <laughs> he looks like he's missing teeth. He's got the bald head now, like he had the long hair before, and now he's got, <laughs> you know, the shaved head. He looks like he has been around. And when the Rochester Americans, uh, yeah, put the uh, uh, the tweet out, like, look, look at this guy. Like, who is this guy? Or something to that effect. I was, I, I actually thought, who is this guy? Like, he looked like. I I don't know who I could say he looked like, but a guy that has been returning from having played four years and and maybe a little bit of a tough guy, a guy that blocked shots that you know busted a couple chicklets in the past, and that's Linus Wise back, and he was there watching the game with uh, uh, with Rasmus Dahlin yesterday, with uh, Michael Mersch, with others that were there watching the prospect play. Yes, the Amherst almost didn't recognize him, was the caption. And uh, I would say, sadly, we've had a lot of fugitives seemingly in the newscasts around the world lately. I, I would say he looked like he might have just, you know, escaped Prison from, serving some, from serving some time. He just had a menacing look about him. And wow, was it something uh, seeing him. But, you know, again, like the cool stuff about, and, and I think social media has been really good at sharing a little bit more year after year after year of behind the scenes and the interactions and stuff, just seeing Weisbach sitting there with Darlene and company and the, just kind of how woven the Amherst and the Sabres are right. And the prospects that haven't even, you know, cracked the lineup full time at either level yet. It's, um, it's a pretty cool dynamic to witness when you're just sitting in the stands like we were for the last couple of games. No, it's a really cool dynamic to see who is there to support, uh, you know, the players and who do you know. And obviously the uh, the Buffalo Sabres had a few AHL players that were playing, right? Zach yeah. Metzo was a guy that um, I felt like a really good camp, but there's a lot of people a year ago didn't even know who he was. And then he came right. to Rochester and played extremely well. So then you've got players in Rochester that are like, hey, we like that guy and we want him to do well. We're going to support him. Uh, we saw that dynamic with Jack Quinn and Matthias Samuelson. And when those guys played their first NHL game and, you know, the guys come down from Rochester to support them. And That's, vice versa. And vice versa. It's it's incredibly important to have that. And, 
And I think we've seen that the last little bit. It'd be a lot different if Buffalo's farm team was in, you know, Illinois or, you know, South Carolina or whatnot. Right. You wouldn't be able to have the same chemistry between the players, even though they're not playing on the same team. So that to me is important. And it's it's building that relationship moving forward. Yeah. Uh, but camp starting. And I'll tell you this, like Linus, Linus, Linus Weisbach and Luke, Lucas Rusak, if there's a puck in the corner, they're going hard at one another. They know that they have to outplay, outperform, outgrit one another to play in the NHL. That's why camp is fun because you're, you have competition all over the place. And Don Granado and Kevin Adams have been stressing that of late. So that to me, prospect challenge is great. Like Zach Benson. We don't even talk oh. much about Zach Benson, but I thought he well, looked we can. Really he, he, we haven't We haven't omitted anyone. We're, we're, this is a wide open canvas yeah. with which to doodle. But oh. it's hard to say Zach Benson in the conversation that we have because we're obviously talking more about the Buffalo Sabres this year. And I think Benson is, is not one that I'm expecting to say he's going to light it up in camp and, and all of a sudden earn a roster spot. He could. Right, he could. But I don't, I don't think that that's there yet. But we, we asked people about their three stars, and I haven't seen Benson yet. And I think Benson, for me, was a really pleasant uh, showing at Prospect Challenge. Okay. So what we have seen in our responses at Sabres Live, Roseanne, I'm assuming Savoy. Yeah, but it could, Savoie. it could be Savoy. It could be Savoy. Roseanne, Johnson, I'm assuming Savoy. It could be Savoy. We need people that work on their accents here or something or put in a phonetic pronunciation on these tweets. Put a Y. S-A-V-O-Y, Savoy. I'll assume Savoy, Roseanne, and Lindgren. Um, yeah. Roseanne, Johnson, and again, I'll assume Savoy. Now, this is all because Nick Savoy, in his first camp after signing an AHL deal, actually acquitted himself very well on the blue yes. line. So. Uh, it's nice to have multiple people, albeit with the same last name pronounced differently. It presents a bit of a challenge for some. But regardless, I think you're getting the sense here of what people had seen before Matt Savoy was injured. But the takeaway is that Isak Rosean, yes, who often gets lesser attention than his fellow first-year Amherst last year, Yuri Kulik, Rosean is right now, in my opinion in lockstep with any other player, if not ahead, as far as challenging for a spot. Yeah, because I think as, you're... as Coach Appert said, both of them came back, meaning Kulik and Roseanne, not resting a single ounce on their laurels from a year ago, and they only have one mission ahead of them. And that's pretty great. It's really great to see. I think Roseanne stood out, um, not only but the uh, the offensive production that he had in the tournament but the confidence the confidence to take pucks and and take it to the net and say you know what i'm going to shoot it on the three on one i'm going to make a play right like he's playing with yuri kulik and yuri kulik was obviously a a high profile prospect at a really really strong second half of the season last year and you're looking at a lot of players we'd like to defer to those players that have almost a step on them but roseanne said, you know what? It's my time. 
I can I can be at the same level. I can show everybody that I have confidence. So I thought that was the biggest part of his game. Even if he didn't score a goal, even if he really didn't have a lot of points in the in the two games that he played, mm-hmm. I felt like the confidence that he played with, especially with the puck, that to me was important. Now, can you carry that? It's prospect challenge. You're playing against junior guys, first year pro guys, a few American League guys. But can you now take that confidence into a blue and gold scrimmage, mm-hmm. a preseason games against Washington, a preseason game against the Boston Bruins and Pittsburgh Penguins and whatnot? That to me is going to be the challenge for Roseanne to be able to elevate the game, not just rely on what he did in prospect challenge. Okay. We did mention Benson a few minutes ago. We're not seeing a ton as far as Benson mentions in our three stars from people at Sabres Live on Twitter. But what did you see from Benson and what was most impressive about him in the prospects challenge? I thought he uh, he had a quick first few steps and that to me was important. Like he he had a couple of back checks and man, you know what? It's prospect challenge and you're trying to create a lot of offense and play with your what you feel is natural, like he's going to be in juniors, right? Most likely. And and he's going to want to light it up. He's going to want to put up 90 points, 100 points and, and keep going, right? But the most important thing for me is that we did see some back checking of Zach Benson. We did see a hunger to get back in his zone and go after the puck. But when there was a turnover, he was really quick up the ice. Mm-hmm. And that is some something that coaches always look for because – you may be on the ice for 30 seconds and then you have to work really hard to get back in your zone. And a lot of guys will be tired. They will create the turnover and all they'll want to do is chip it out, get me a change. But when it was with Benson, it was create a turnover and I still have enough gas left in the tank to go and maybe create on the rush. Then I'll change on the back check. I'll, I'll try to create and then they'll see me coming to the bench on the back check and then somebody will be able to have full energy to come back. Um, but I thought his first few steps, especially in transition, was was something that stood out to me. What about his edge? His edge? Well, he took a few penalties, um, which uh, you know was to be expected. Uh, I saw that in practice. I said the guy's like practicing with an edge. He's going to mm-hmm. play with with edges, and yeah. that is going to be. Uh, but he was definitely playing with edges. There was a if he got hit, he he. he he either cross check back or he slash back or he lets you know, hey, I yeah. saw you hit me. I'm not going to just walk away. There was a couple of guys that I was a little disappointed that I felt like they got hit and got pushed around and didn't re- really respond. And maybe it is because it's prospect challenge and they're like, I, I don't need to throw a punch. I don't need to, to push back right here. Mm-hmm. But Benson was pushing back every opportunities he had. Well, Benson, um, among the many that were, you know, attention grabbers, obviously based on draft pick status alone and hopes for the future. We want to hear from you at Sabres Live on Twitter. Who were your three stars from the weekend? We have some big news to share at the bottom of the hour as well. So stay tuned for that. The names, though, that were just trickling in among the three stars also included a couple of defensemen in Ryan Johnson and yes. Matt Lindgren. What did you see in the two of them? Okay, um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I thought Metzling, I was, I wanted to see more from Metzling. I think he did fine. Mm-hmm. I think he did good, but maybe it's because I and you and I have talked a lot about Metzling and his offensive abilities that I wanted to see a little bit more. And Ryan Johnson, I felt like skated really well. 
Like every time he could join up, every time he could get the puck and go up the ice, he did that really well. But again, I think it was hard for the defense to really stand out. Unless you were being physical, unless you were blocking shots, there wasn't a lot of of defense joining the rush and creating. And that's a systematic thing. Like you work on these things and it's hard when, you know, you don't want to join the rush and give up a two-on-one and be the one that looks like a fool after the fact. So I thought they both were fine. Um, I'll be honest with you. I saw more of Savoie. Nicolas Savoie for me was, was really good and stood out. Metzel was really good and stood out. I thought those two was good. And Novikov, like I thought stood out as well. So mm. those were maybe the three names that stood out more on the defense as opposed to Lindgren and Johnson, but I think they were fine. Yeah. I, I'm surprised to hear you say less about Ryan Johnson there because to me, he gave you a glimpse of what the absolute hope and expectation is that Ryan Johnson plays the game so smartly, so smoothly, so intelligently that there will be many nights, hopefully for the next decade, when he doesn't garner the headlines because of Darlene and power, but you are going to be grateful. And again, this is a big hope still. He's in year one as a pro. But the signs are there that Ryan Johnson could be something quietly special long-term. You know what was weird about Ryan Johnson is that, look, we've talked about him a lot, right? And you almost create a mental picture of the guy because he was never here much. Like it was always like, oh, maybe he'll sign, maybe he won't. And I created a, a body image of what Ryan Johnson looks like. Like I didn't watch a ton of Ryan Johnson college years and say, hey, I'm going to watch him play, but I, I did it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Every time he, like there was this guy on the, in a blue jersey that had the puck would go up the ice, I'd be like, who is this guy? Because I didn't think of him as a darker hair, longer hair guy outside this helmet. I almost, I had vision like, a light blonde type of kid. Like, I don't know why. So I always had to go back to my sheet and be, who's 33? Oh, it's Ryan Johnson. Okay. <laughs> like, and, and you're right. Like he didn't, oh, he didn't overwhelm me. He didn't underwhelm me. He just was steady. Mm-hmm. Every time he did things, it was steady, which is a great compliment for a defenseman to be. But I felt like the look of him mm-hmm. was one that I always had to go back to my sheet. Like next week, we're going to see the NHL guys on the ice. I don't have to think twice when I see, you know, Bryson or when I see Yoki Aryu or Darlene or whatever. You don't have to think twice. But I felt like with Johnson, I had to always look back to my sheet every time I I saw this Sabres defenseman do something. You mentioned his name a short time ago. Others have mentioned it on Twitter. Currently, according to Cap Friendly, the Sabres have 43 contracts on the books out of 50, potentially. Okay. Zach Metza is not one of them. Mm-hmm. Do you anticipate Zach Metza earning himself a contract in the near future? Not yet. And and to be honest with you, I don't think that it's because he doesn't deserve it. I just think the Sabres are going to keep their options open. And knowing that if there's a need, you can always sign Metza to an NHL contract. I would assume mm-hmm. if he continues on the same progression and plays with the same quality that he has for the little sample size last year with Rochester and then the start of the season this year, that we may see him earn himself a NHL contract halfway in the season when the Sabres know, okay, what's happening with 
you know, with everybody, with Savoy, with mm-hmm. are we losing a defenseman at uh, with uh, uh, with waivers at the end of camp? Are, are we holding on to three goalies? Uh, what are we doing with all the situations? I think this will clear the air up, but I. I wouldn't think Metza is going to earn himself a, an NHL contract in training camp, but mm-hmm. by Christmas, by the New Year's, maybe say, okay, we uh, we we're going to need to give ourselves some flexibility going into trade deadline and and have a potentially a guy like Metza that could come up and play some games. That's mm-hmm. going to be important. The crazy thing, and I had this conversation with Chris Baker from Sabres Prospects, who was kind enough to share his wisdom on our three broadcasts on Sabres YouTube over the Prospects Challenge was we were talking after the tournament ended last night about Metza, and I gently suggested that Metza's not even guaranteed to play in the top six right now with the Amherst. You've got Davies and Ciccone. Um, You have Ryan Johnson in the mix who might well get paired up with Kale Clegg, and you have Novikov in his first year as a pro who could very well play with the senior statesman and Ethan Proud. Those are six pretty good blue line choices for Metza to fight through here. And that doesn't include those behind Metza, like Jandrick, who got a lot of time in the tournament. And, of course, the aforementioned Nick Savoie. And whatever might still yet trickle down out of the Sabres glut of defensemen after training camp and preseason is all said and done. This is the definition of a potential logjam here. Yeah, the Sabres have right now in Cap Friendly eight defensemen listed on their roster and you know you got your top six in my opinion which is Dalene Samuelson, Power Clifton, Eric Johnson, Henry Yokiaru, and now you have Bryson and Stillman to that. Mm-hmm. Um if the Sabres want flexibility, they're not going to carry three goalies, eight defensemen, because all of a sudden you only have 12 forwards that you can carry and you're done. That's your 25 right there. So they're going to have to make a decision. I don't expect them to keep eight at the start of the season unless there's an injury. So now you end up with, what is it, 10 in Rochester, technically 10 defensemen for six jobs. I think Metza does make the top six in Rochester, but it's not a guaranteed. You're going to have to also play players that you're like, we got to develop them. We got to keep that 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 wheel going and so that we have young players that are getting that experience. Right. And where it gets tricky, I think, is that Clegg and Davies are not old. I think people may perceive them that way because they don't view them as prospects, but they're still young. They're not Ethan Prow's age and they still have a lot to prove. And I'm sure they didn't particularly sign up for sitting out. Right. So do they think Yoki Aryu is old? Do they think Bryson is old? No, they're still young players, but there's right. difference when you have yeah. NHL youth or AHL experience. That's the thing. Absolutely. So lots to dive into this week. We'll be uh, on location starting tomorrow at KeyBank Center as uh, we dive in to training camp for the Sabres. And of course, all of that builds up to the season opener on October the 12th. One of the many, many theme nights, and that is Welcome Back Hockey, as Buffalo will take on the New York Rangers on October 12th. But we've got all the black and red games. We'll have, you know, a kids' night again. Uh, of course, the <laughs> the many types of appreciation nights scattered throughout the year, including military appreciation night, uh, appreciation night, fan appreciation night to close out the regular season at home. And it's all available at Sabres.com. To get you in the building at KeyBank for our theme nights and all other nights as Buffalo 
looks towards uh, returning to the Stanley Cup playoffs this season. That, of course, is the big organizational goal. When we come back, words from the captain right here on Sabres Live. 